Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst-case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing the modern American Thanksgiving menu. Here's what you need to know. Contrary to what decades of Thanksgiving school pageants held across the United States, local Native Americans and pioneering pilgrims did not gather together around a glistening roast turkey with all the fixings. So what did the original meal look like? When the pilgrims landed at Plymouth in 1620, Chief Osamaquin of the Wampanoag tribe supplied the pilgrims with food during their first winter, establishing an informal alliance to protect his people from their rivals, the Narragansetts. After surviving the harsh winter thanks to the Wampanoag, the settlers made plans to celebrate their first harvest in 1621. 
The Pilgrims did not initially extend the invitation, but when members of the Wampanoag happened upon the three-day celebration, they were invited to stay for the feast. According to the English leader, Edward Winslow, four men were tasked with hunting fowl and the Native Americans killed five deer for the event. Governor William Bradford also wrote that there were wild turkeys and plenty of Indian corn for the feast. With so little information about the real foods eaten that harvest celebration, how did our modern-day Thanksgiving menu come to be? In the 18th century, Thanksgiving was centered around fasting, not feasting, with few states outside of New England celebrating. However, in the midst of the American Civil War, writer Sarah Josepha Hale started a campaign to make Thanksgiving a national holiday. As part of her campaign, Sarah printed recipe suggestions for Thanksgiving dinner, popularizing many of the dishes we know and love today. Native Americans had been growing, boiling, and roasting pumpkins as a regular part of their diet when the pilgrims arrived in 1620. By the 1670s, English recipes described a pumpkin pie, but the flaky crust and sweet custard filling dessert wasn't featured in an American cookbook until 1796. American Cookery, written by Amelia Simmons, was the first American cookbook written and published in America, and the first cookbook to develop recipes for foods native to the country. As for stuffing, evidence of people shoving herbs and vegetables into the cavities of animals dates back to the Roman Empire in the first century AD. While the first Thanksgiving may have had fowl stuffed with nuts, oats, and onions, it was in 1829 that New England author and abolitionist Lydia Maria published The Frugal Housewife, a cookbook for women without servants, and in the section on turkey, suggested making a stuffing with breadcrumbs, salt pork, and sage. In 1972, Ruth Sims invented stovetop stuffing, which shortened cooking time and prevented the risk of food poisoning from cooking ingredients into the turkey's cavity. Introduced to North America in the 17th century, potatoes did not become a part of America's agricultural patchwork until 1719. Mashed potatoes were featured in a recipe magazine for Thanksgiving in 1827, popularizing the side dish many can't live without. Cranberries are one of the only fruits native to America but the sweet sauce solidified as a holiday staple when General Ulysses S. Grant demanded his soldiers be provided cranberries for their Thanksgiving meal in 1864. In 1941, Ocean Spray began selling the infamous and sometimes polarizing canned jelly cranberry log nationwide. And finally, the green bean casserole. In 1955, Dorcas Riley was working for Campbell's Soup Company when she was tasked with creating an easy recipe for housewives using Campbell's Soup products. The six-ingredient recipe was featured in a Thanksgiving-themed article that year, and the rest is history. Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats Americans spend an estimated $927 million on Thanksgiving turkeys each year with 40 million turkeys killed for the holiday. Campbell estimates that 40% of their cream of mushroom soup is purchased specifically for green bean casseroles. According to a recent poll, 64% of Americans would like an alternative to turkey for the main dish on the table, with 26% of Americans wanting new side dishes on the menu. According to a nationwide poll, Thanksgiving hosts spend an average of seven hours preparing for the meal, 
while guests spend an average of 16 minutes eating. According to that same poll, 79% of Americans value their leftovers more than the actual Thanksgiving meal. In 1863, Abraham Lincoln proclaimed Thanksgiving Day as a national holiday. In the remaining years of the 19th century, Jewish, Italian, and Chinese immigrants came pouring into the country, agitating the white Protestant population. Furthermore, with the violent Indian Wars coming to a close, and the Reconstruction era aiming to reintegrate the southern states, America's culture leaders looked for an opportunity to Americanize an increasingly diverse population. The country leaned hard into the myth of the first Thanksgiving, smoothing over a bloody colonial past with a more comforting tradition of family and food. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guest today is Deanna Ortiz. Hi, Deanna. Hello. Hi, Alarmies. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> We're happy to have you. Uh, Deanna is the host of the podcast Crushes with Deanna Ortiz, as well as the Drunk Cooking Show on Instagram. Uh, she's also the cast, uh, a cast member of the comedy showcase The Lincoln Lodge, where she performs regularly in Chicago. Uh, Deanna, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your podcast, Crushes? Yeah, uh, so my podcast is called Crushes, and it's just about crushes that you have on everyday people, celebrity mm. crushes that you have, you know, crushes that you have on your barista or your bartender. Um, just the idea is that you should have a crush on someone new every single day. And then oh. at the end of the show, we play a game called Hot or Just Tall, where I show people <laughs> celebrities. <laughs> um, I show people celebrities and they say, that got are they? me. Yes. <laughs> and they vote hot or just tall, which means they're just funny, just plays the guitar oh, okay. is huge yeah, for me. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. a just great British idea. Is, just yeah. British See, up there. <laughs> if Mark Zuckerberg started, because his was hot or not, right? But if he yeah. had a sense of humor, it would have been hot or just tall. Facebook and would then, be totally mm, different. I, I, yeah, like right. our society would have been built. Like so you should have started. It would have been a tall book, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, they're not doing so hot, so maybe you should get in there and start a new <laughs> maybe it should take social over. network. It's true. Yes. He's just tall. Zuckerberg is just tall. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I love it. Uh, Deanna, we like to start off the show by asking our guests, what is something that is recently alarming you? What is something that's keeping you up at night? Um, I have been thinking about this question, and I think something that has been alarming me outside of just everyday um, political life is, um, the, I don't know where it came from, but just the fact that I'm going to get hit by a car. I don't know, mm. or like that my, or that I didn't blow out my candles in my house. I woke oh. up twice in the middle of the night to be like, my things, <laughs> they're on fire, yes. and they're not. So those two <laughs> things is always just like it might happen, and I'm always just like, oh, that's it's going to happen today. Yeah, yeah. Good anxiety. That's like some classic anxiety right there. Yeah, right? I know. It's with a capital A, which I love. I feel that yeah. car thing too because yep, like any time you're walking on a sidewalk, like what what is the, there's no ba there's no barrier, there's nothing like between exactly. you and the moving track. Traffic. Yes. Sometimes they're up at 45, 50 miles per hour. Yes. It's just like a slight shirk of the steering wheel. That's it for me. 
gosh. And I was you know, well, now I have a new alarm. Uh, yes. <laughs> Somehow I got on this like feed, like my Instagram feed, like the videos that wants to show me are people getting in like car crashes while they're driving. Oh, I feel no. like I stopped on one video and now the, all they think I want is that. Yes. <laughs> and so that's really contributed to my anxiety about car related you know, incidents. Yes, that Diana, just to like of, empathize with you. <laughs> there's so many so. online too that I'm then even when I'm driving, I'm like, oh God, remember that video? That's gonna happen now. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I get the sensation of being in the car accident. I like mm. I will like feel it in my bones as I'm driving in the highway. Oh, I'm like, oh God. Mm-hmm. But to to your pedestrian point, uh your uh point of getting hit, do you guys ever think like while you are driving and you'll stop at a corner and you'll see a pedestrian walking and you'd be like, that's dangerous. Yeah. Like they shouldn't mm-hmm. be so close to my car. But then mm-hmm. when you're driving, you don't, th- <laughs> I, I'm sorry, when you're walking, yeah. you, you don't, don't think about, think about that. Control, yes. Right. I'm so the diva that's like, I'm a pedestrian and I have the right of way. And then yeah. when I'm in a car, I'm just like, look at these maniacs. They're going to get hit one day. You <laughs> fit right in in LA. I feel like you fit right in LA. True. People who have a crosswalk in LA are probably the most highest arrogant, most arrogant people in the world. They're like, yeah. doop dee doo. Slow walking. <laughs> Slow meander. Yeah. Um, so trying to figure out a way to transition here. Walking. We're, it's Thanksgiving. Some of you are are going on uh, walks at pre-dinner. To work off dinner, maybe? That, oh, yes, pre- to, yeah. pre-dinner or, or, or post to work up an appetite or post. Yeah, yeah, work um, yeah. And you might be listening to the show right now. And I just wanted to let everyone know that for this episode, we're kind of changing things up just for a day okay. in honor of Thanksgiving. And instead of blaming something, because, you know, we blame 365 days a year. Mm-hmm. So it's good to take a break. Mm-hmm. We're going to be figuring out who's to thank. Wow. For mm-hmm. one of our favorite holidays. I mean, w- would you say this is a, a favorite holiday of of yours? Oh, I love Thanksgiving. It's always, I mean, it's always right around my birthday because both are always set at the end of November. <laughs> so it does, it does kind of feel like I always get a big fancy feast and then I get to nice. celebrate my birthday. So I love Thanksgiving. Oh, when is your birthday? November 29th. Ooh. So yes, sometimes it, it, it I, I mean, I, I love that you love it. I would be upset. I, <laughs> She's encroaching like on your birthday She's week. Yeah, like I'd be like, that's a little too close. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Because then you get pres. Sometimes you get presents on Thanksgiving. Oh, nice. yes, yeah, and that's good. Actually, I hadn't thought of this, but the fact that people are going to see you and yeah. maybe you wouldn't have otherwise seen. Yes. Then that brings more gifts. Yes. Yep. Right. Yes, yes oh, but that does great. provide excuses for them to say they can't make your birthday party. Because oh. I saw you on Thanksgiving. Exactly. <laughs> right. Not no okay. Right. Yeah. No, you um, not acceptable for you guys. Not acceptable for Good me. Good to know. So let's dive in and start okay. thinking. Um, and I just want to read a quick note about the uh, original Thanksgiving menu. This is according to Smithsonian Magazine. Kathleen uh, Wall, a food a foodways culinary at Plymouth Plantation Museum studied cookbooks and descriptions of gardens from the time period, archaeological remains such as pollen samples that might clue her into what the colonists were growing. Though it's possible the colonists and American Indians cooked wild turkeys, she suspects that goose or duck was the wild fowl of choice. In her research, she has found that swan and passenger pigeons would have 
been available as well. Small birds were often spit roasted, while larger birds were boiled. Oof. (laughs) Boiled turkey. turkey. Okay. Um, Okay. Since the first Thanksgiving was a three day celebration, she adds, quote, I have no doubt whatsoever that birds that are roasted one day, the remains of them are all thrown in a pot and boiled up to make broth the next day. The broth thickened with grain to make a pottage. In addition to the wild fowl and deer, the colonists in Wampanoag probably ate eels and shellfish such as lobster, clams, and mussels. According to the culinarian, the Wampanoag, like most eastern woodland people, had a varied and extremely good diet. The forest provided chestnuts, walnuts, and beech nuts. They grew flint, corn, multicolored corn, and uh, that was their staple. They grew beans. They also had different sorts of pumpkins or squashes. So a little background on the the menu, mm-hmm. uh, the inspirations for the menu. I can't imagine boiling a bird. But I, I'm trying to think like it's not like they had ovens, right, mm-hmm. at the time. So no. you either have a pool. pot over a, some fire. Right. What's or, a, or you know what I want to know is what's a passenger pigeon? Chris, is that something that you would be able to research? I have a feeling it's a pigeon um and then the pigeon has a little sidecar and then there's uh, another okay. pigeon on there. But yeah. let me just that sounds about check. right. I was thinking I it's like that. the pigeons that you like tie a letter to and yes, then they mail that's things, what I but thought. why would you want to kill the mailman? <laughs> like, you can't oh, right? eat and you can't send your mail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's um it's a pigeon. A uh, wild pigeon, mm. um, and they move fast. I'm not sure if there's a distinction between a passenger pigeon and a regular pigeon. Let me get into like that. an urban city pigeon. Because if they're <laughs> is that if, what they if, look like? If this is what you're angling for, Clayton, which is that I'd like to know who we have delicious. to thank for passenger pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying you could be thinking that they they taste good. Uh huh. Maybe they're leaner because they're on the move all the time. So that's why people prefer a passenger over a regular I guess passenger pigeon. or carrier. They're two different pigeons. Mm. Oh, a carrier a pigeon. Carrier that's pigeon probably the mailman or the, mail, the postal worker. That's the okay, postal we worker we pigeon. Kill yeah, pigeon. we can't no. kill that And then one. what are regular pigeons? Just dirty city pigeons? Yeah. We're like, we can't eat them. <laughs> they're yes. just the weird cousins of yeah. the cool pigeons. <laughs> um, those p- pigeons are psycho. The ones in New York. I mean, you have them in Chicago too. Well, they also yeah. didn't have cities back then, so they were probably much cleaner, right? I guess that's true. They're all just country pigeons. <laughs> that's right. A clean country. That's what they should have been called. <laughs> but they didn't have the uh, foresight to know that they would later right. be city. There was yeah. no dip- there was no city to compare it to. So they're like, "What's a city?" Like mm-hmm. a clean country pigeon. Now I'm like, that actually sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> you should put. You know, you go to like upstate New York, and that's on a menu somewhere. Yeah, fifty dollars. Not a garbage dump pigeon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, now. So, okay, so the, I was going to ask you, I was just thinking we didn't talk about this before, but what is your favorite Thanksgiving dish. either side or dish? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Mm. Um, I really love desserts. Um, so oh, like okay. a pumpkin pie. <laughs> oh! <laughs> so I make Classic. a really good cranberry sauce. So like my, mm. on Thanksgiving, I will make cranberry sauce. I don't want to do the jelly. I know people really love the jelly. Touchy. I want fresh yes. cranberries. Um, Same. Yeah, I think cranberry sauce is one of my favorite because it's like everything is so rich. You want something tart and uh, oh. yeah, that's my favorite. So what about you, Chris? 
Well, I would get expelled from my family if I didn't say Spadini chicken. And now everyone's like, what are you talking but about? But that's what not is, a, right? yeah. What is Spadini chicken? That's not a, but in my family, my aunt has made a, uh, what do you call it? Like a tradition out of making Spadini chicken every um, Thanksgiving. And what Spadini mm. is, is like, it's like pounded thin chicken cutlets that are rolled and in it is and they're rolled and breaded and inside are like piece bits of bacon and an egg and seasoning and stuff and then that's uh uh breaded and baked and they are like sounds delicious they are so good (laughs) but i feel like i don't need to i did that all year right you know what i mean yeah yes no i'm not gonna make cranberry sauce every year like well apparently like i've never made them but my aunt makes them and she says it's a pain in the ass every year sure sure so you, so you do it once a year. So you do it once in a while. Once in a while. So that's my favorite spadini. Chicken. I'd, I'd also be remiss if my mother listened to this and I didn't say her rice, uh, her Puerto Rican rice, which is also Ooh, so good. Nice. Mom, it's amazing. Um, what kind of what's in the sauce. Puerto Rican rice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just had like when you said your aunt, I was like, oh my god, she's gonna yeah, listen to this. She's gonna be ticked off. Gonna be, and yeah. it's gonna be Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm curious what's in your Puerto Rican rice because maybe I have it as well. <laughs> I think it's just like uh, she does pigeon uh, pigeon pigeon peas. Oh yeah, pigeon peas. Yes, pigeon peas. Uh, gandules. Yeah, it's just uh, regular rice and like, gandules. So that's s- it. She's she's yeah big on Saffron, tradition. She has she wants rice. pigeon in yeah. there as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I am different. very traditional now that I think about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Clay? Um, mine is, I guess, so not 79% of Americans, this was just like a poll that the New York Times did prefer leftovers Mm. to actual Thanksgiving dinner. And I definitely fall in that category. And I would say my favorite item is a mash of, I like the leftover Thanksgiving turkey sandwich day after with stuffing, cranberry, turkey, gravy, maybe some cheese on the sourdough bread, lightly toasted. Like I dream of that. Every yes. year, that's all I want. I, I would not do Thanksgiving dinner and just have the sandwich the next day. You know, you can't do that. <laughs> I know. It's true. You kind of, I mean, you could go to but someone's house who had the, the dinner. But yeah. it, it, it is, there is something to the leftover where you're reliving the experience of having, you know, been with people. And it's sort of like part of that is like you get to kind of have a little memory of it and mm-hmm. for lunch yeah. the next yeah. day. Yeah. Because you can't just like make Thanksgiving stuff no, and put no, it in can't. a sandwich. It has to no. be the you're next right. day. You're yeah. right. It has the to sit in the fridge for a day. The flavors sit. It's a yeah. thing. Trying to think about my favorite dish and my. My mom doesn't really cook the turkey. She always orders it. Um, mm-hmm. and that, But then she'll make uh, roast pork. For, yes. for, nice. For Neil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is probably my favorite. And now I'm really hungry. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, do, does anybody else's family, because we do two different meats too. And it sounds like you guys... Yeah, family does two different. Everybody does two different meats. I guess so. I guess. I guess. Yeah, with the ch- you've got the chicken spadini. Um, well, true. Thanksgiving ham is also pretty popular. That's too. Yeah. true. Yeah, my family was not a two meat fan. I mean, I feel like <laughs> two meat fan. It was pretty basic. Mm. I think my mom was also ordering. I feel like she was also working a lot, so it was like you know pull some things together. Yep. And we didn't have huge family, so there was right. just the turkey. But yeah. you know, I get it. If you have a big old family, 
Mix it up. Our family isn't that big, and they're just like, oh, how will we ever accommodate? We need a ham and a pork and a tr-. I'm like, we, we're good, actually. So. Um, so let's start putting things up on the board. Um, yes. Perhaps we put Mexico and South America up first. Okay. Okay. Um, this is according to Smithsonian. According to Bruce Smith, senior scientist at the Smithsonian's National Museum of Natural History, much of what is eaten at Thanksgiving today came from Mexico and South America. We can trace many of these foods up through the west, southwestern United States into the parts of the country, into other parts of the country, he said. Most likely, this diffusion happened as a result of trading or other contact among American Indian tribes in this country. The turkey was domesticated twice in central Mexico and in the southwestern United States. This domestication happened at the same time about 2,000 years ago. Hmm. The Southwestern domesticate, uh, domesticate disappeared, and the turkeys eaten today are derived from the Mexican domesticate. So we lost uh, a, a breed of turkey. That's sad. Hmm. Uh, okay, I'm, I was just thrown by that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just wait a moment of silence just like, for the turkeys that we lost. Right. It's yes. a lot of turkey that we go yeah. through, so it's not surprising, I guess. Oh, okay. Domesticated turkeys made quite a journey to tables in the United States. They were most likely brought from Mexico to Europe and came to the eastern United States by Europeans when they settled the colonies. There are many species of squash and pumpkins grown today in the United States. The most common species, cucurbita, cucurbita pepo. Okay. was also, like the turkey, domesticated twice in Mexico and the, the eastern United States. Corn was domesticated in Mexico more than 8,000 years ago. This important crop plant arrived in the southwestern United States by 4,000 years ago and reached eastern North America at about 200 B.C. So most of our ingredients are thanks to the people of Mexico and uh, South America. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> we so love we, it. We give Thank them you. Thank you. It's good to be thankful <laughs> for that. And if you know, I guess, who do we direct that to? The f- Just one of the f- a Mexican flag or do we call a friend uh, who is of Mexican descent? And, and we thank them for their, uh, for their crops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we should be doing on okay. thursday we should just be making phone calls <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> can't get anything done i'm calling no. every mexican person I've Thank ever you. yeah yeah because it's like thanks <laughs> being here and like laying the groundwork for uh, you know mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. they were just here like figuring it out and then we showed up and we're like okay mm-hmm. well it we takes take so many years uh to figure out how to farm things right successfully so we take that for granted mm-hmm. we take like mm-hmm. Seeds. We take seeds, seeds for granted. Fully, yes. If we were to suddenly have to farm for ourselves, this the four of us. I don't. I can't say with confidence. No. Deanna, I don't. You're like the. You know. You could be the. You're star that we, we don't, don't know about. about. Yeah. Yeah. I don't tried know enough to do about it you. over the pandemic. I tried. Oh really? Like, okay. I'll be That's a gardener. A Isn't that so quaint? No, I can't. I yeah. can't yeah. do it. Yeah. It's hard. hard. Too much math in it for me, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Why don't we also put Alexander Hamilton up on the board? Okay. (laughs) This is according to CNBC. Uh, 
Alexander Hamilton once proclaimed, no citizen of the U.S. shall refrain from Turkey on Thanksgiving Day. Ashley Rose Young, a historian with the Smithsonian's National Museum of American History, said that Hamilton was known to be a proponent of turkeys. This was all part of a larger idea of bringing a national sensibility to the United States through consuming the same kinds of foods, she said. So turkey, being a bird indigenous and native to North America, really set the American table apart, for example, uh, from the British table. Mm-hmm. We I, need our protein. We need we need our distinct yeah. protein. Yeah. Thought Hamilton. <laughs> and is that in the? I haven't seen the musical, but is that a big part? <laughs> that's a huge part. In fact, that's the oh whole God. second act. <laughs> I've never a bunch seen of turkeys come now out. I feel like I know. <laughs> 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 yeah. And actually, they, they painted the turkeys different colors so that when they all get together, it's a big American flag because yeah. like so turkey beautiful. as being so the national important. bird is <laughs> yeah. a huge part of that musical. Yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> you know, sorry, it was just to make a note about this, like Hamilton. And like, I do feel like anybody who's trying to like force a national identity, it, I'm a little suspect. Yeah. Of. It's like <laughs> anybody who's like, look, look, look. We need something that's like just for us. Like w- this is our bird. This is our. And it's right. just like I get where he's coming from. Like it's branding. Mm-hmm. I guess it's like a form of, <laughs> of like cultural branding or something. Yeah. But it's always a bit weird, isn't it? It yeah. is. But do you ever make a roasted turkey other than on Thanksgiving? No, mm-hmm. I guess you're right. It was like a maybe you could do a yeah. Christmas turkey, but I think about that no. all the time. That like it's super common in England to do like roast dinners and stuff, and right. maybe I don't know, maybe it's just me, but like we never. It's only Thanksgiving. That's true. right. Toast and I'm also beef. just having that realization now when you brought it up of just like oh, it's it's kind of weird, or maybe it's sweet that everybody is eating almost the exact same thing at almost the yeah, exact same time. That is weird, like, creepy. Yeah. I know. And I was like, is that? Am I about to cry or am I getting goosebumps? <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure. I think you should feel both. I th- <laughs> I'm really confused. Well, I think as a, a, if you're an American who really understands our history, you should feel both, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate the um, the movement in like the past decade to diversify the Thanksgiving table because mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, it was pretty, it was just like the staples, right? Like mm-hmm. no one was bringing, or if someone brought a weird dish, it was like someone brought the weird dish. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 It was like, not like a, ooh, it was like, uh, now I feel like <laughs> everyone's like, it doesn't just have to be stuffing and mashed potatoes. Like make this yummy vegetable with this mm-hmm. crazy, you know, cream or labna or right. roasted, yes. whatever. And I'm like, I'm here for it. I feel like the, the say Thanksgiving palette, uh, to Deanna's point earlier, it's like it's all so rich and it's all kind of like similar texture. Mm-hmm. Like it's nice to introduce some tart, some right. crunch, yeah. some tang, whatever it is. Ooh, yeah. Well, as uh, you know, my family was couldn't comprehend a meal where there wasn't rice. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> rice had to be yeah. there too. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> yeah. there right. has to be some kind of rice and bean, whether we did uh, the Cuban like rice and black bean, or we did the Puerto Rican um, rice with gandules, which are the mm-hmm. pigeon peas. Um, there always had to be one something like mm-hmm. that because, like, how do you? It's like, at dinner. Digest, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It is so, so funny. <laughs> I also okay. We we have to put Sarah Josepha Hale. 
Okay. okay. <laughs> Go up on. on the board. I like how you're introducing these subjects and then we're all like, okay, we don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah. But we agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think to your point, I think this is one of those things where it's such a like common holiday. Everyone knows about Thanksgiving, at least here in our country. Mm-hmm. But we don't really know a lot of its history or like how it mm-hmm, came about. Right, or we know right. like the fake history that we're told right. in school yeah. that is, yeah. um, you know, Pretty a glorified. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I laughed so hard in the beginning when it says you, it was something like they were going to have this, the sellers were going to have this meal and then the, uh, the natives showed up and they were like, oh, um, I guess you can also yeah, come, join come us. On. <laughs> <laughs> How like so British, but also just, oh, I guess if you're going to hang out, it would be rude not to yeah. invite you, but like they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's really funny. True. Um, so, okay, Sarah, we're talking about Sarah. This is according to Melanie Kirkpatrick, who wrote uh, Thanksgiving, the holiday at the heart of the American experience. Sarah Josepha Hale was an author, editor, social reformer, abolitionist, and above all, a relentless advocate of women's rights, especially the right to an education. As the editor of uh, Godet's Lady Book, Hale believed that there was a market for a national women's magazine that focused on American culture. Thanksgiving Day, a homegrown holiday, fit into her mission. She saw Thanksgiving with its emphasis on family reunions and a special meal as falling into the feminine sphere. It reflected, too, what she saw as the generous spirit of the American people. Hale promoted her campaign by publishing recipes for traditional Thanksgiving dishes such as roast turkey and pumpkin pie. Godet's Ladies Book, funny name, (laughs) printed Mm -hmm. a recommended menu for Thanksgiving dinner that included New England classics as well as sweet potato pudding, a Southern standard. Hale's hope for the national Thanksgiving wasn't based on a desire to see Americans feast on the same foods on the same day, but she was shrewd enough to realize that the culinary appeal of Thanksgiving was another selling point for her vision of a shared celebration. Hmm. We have to also remember that this is a, a, a country at the time, and still, uh, it still is, a very divided country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there was the Civil War, which uh, we'll, we'll talk about in a bit, um, that had just happened. There's also so many um, cultures that mm-hmm. were in this country. So I think everyone, I guess Sarah was trying to find... Some common a, unity. A, a, some, some unity, unity some common yeah. ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She sounds just like a like a natural um uh provider, like a host, you know. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. she's I forget those terms where you're like a you know, like you're that scale that test you take and it says what kind of personality type you are. And there's like the guardian provider. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what I am, or it's like she's just like a true, like she wants to make sure everyone's taken care of and mm-hmm. gather yep. people yep. and like finding a way to I don't know. Bring people together. Stamp on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read somewhere that Sarah was also a uh, a single mom, hmm. which I thought was interesting. Wow! Uh, and the way that she took care of her family once her husband died was or she was a widow uh, as well, and uh, she became a writer. So she was like really supporting her family. I also think she saw an opportunity. I would assume to sell magazines. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Put some food on a the table. A true capitalist. 
Go Sarah. She also famously wrote the song Mary Had a Little Lamb. Did she really? She did, did she really? Yes. What? Wow. wow. Why aren't we talking about Sarah, Sarah Josepha Hale? Yeah. Wow. So there you go. I mean, that's got to be. How does she be... have time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Wow. Now, let's also put Angelus Marshmallows. Am I saying that right? Marshmallows? Angelus Marshmallows. Is that a person's name? No, no. It's oh. the, the, the brand to put of put the marshmallows on top of the yams. I'm asking. Yes. No way. Wow. Yes. Okay. This is according to Leslie Porcelli, a writer uh, for Savour. Early colonists found native people burying sweet potatoes in the embers of fires and then peeling away the skin to eat the smoky flesh. Throughout the colonial era, sweet potatoes were a staple in the South, but they remained a rarity up north until well into the 19th century. As sweet potatoes caught out on in the north, they quickly became associated with Thanksgiving. Then, a couple of dec- decades later, sweet potato cookery got even sweeter. During the intervening uh, years, mass production made marshmallows, formerly a penny candy, painstakingly produced by hand, more widely available. In 1917, the marketers of Angelus Marshmallows hired Janet McKenzie Hill, founder of the Boston Cooking School magazine, to develop recipes for a booklet designed to encourage home cooks to embrace the candy as an everyday ingredient. (laughs) (laughs) It featured plenty of instant classics, including fudge studded with chewy marshmallows, Cups of hot cocoa dotted with them. And yes, the first documented appearance of mashed sweet sweet potatoes baked with a marshmallow topping. Mm. So your instinct was right, Deanna. Amazing. <laughs> That's so good. I love the campaign to be like, marshmallows every day. Yes. <laughs> they make some really good points. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Because it is so silly. Like in what other... There's nothing else that we eat that's, you know... Something, it's true. Right? It's all, it's when you so need a marshmallow, like you don't need it that often, but when you need a marshmallow, there's no substitution. It's only, like it's only that, right? Like yes. there's uh, some things where it's like, well, if you don't have this, you can toss in that. It's not a big deal. Like a marshmallow is. You need so a marshmallow. <laughs> yes, it's true. Well, like think about your s'more with, I don't know, what, what would, what would be a substitute? If you could think of a substitution, mm-hmm. like what? Peanut butter? No. Yeah, no. It's just a different treat. It's just a different mm-hmm. treat. That's a Reese's Pieces. I yeah. also just had the thought of putting um, a sweet potato on a s'more. Um, and I, I'm sorry <laughs> that I said that. I'm so sorry that I said that. But I was like, imagine a world where we're like, mm, graham crackers, chocolate, sweet potato, marshmallow. <laughs> I mean, I could, I would try it. I would try too. Like, I'm too. not I would. thinking about I that. Know. I'm like, just like a little slice yes. with the marshmallow and the chocolate. Like a spread. Like a, yes. like a, yes. uh, like a sweet potato spread. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's like, and now sweet, it's healthy I love sweet potato pie. Yeah. Oh yes. my God. So much Keep fiber. Pie. So good. So good. <laughs> um, we have to also put the Civil War up on the board. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about okay. it. Uh, History.com said, while at uh, Go Days, Hale often wrote editorials and articles about the holiday, and she lobbied state and federal officials to pass legislation creating a fixed National Day of Thanks on the last Thursday of November. She believed that such a unifying measure could help ease growing tensions and divisions between the north, northern and southern parts of the country. 
The outbreak of war in April of 1861 did little to stop Sarah Josepha Hale's efforts to create such a holiday, however. She continued to write editorials on the subject, urging Americans to put aside sectional feelings and local incidents and rally around the unifying cause of the Thanksgiving. Hmm. Our girl Sarah is working hard for Thanksgiving. She like, is. She, she really... Mm-hmm. She, she sounds like uh, a very hopeful and positive person i wonder i wonder how we would all feel about sarah at the time <laughs> like would yeah, we just right? be like okay girl is it too much toxic positivity yeah yeah <laughs> or do just we like, need she really like wants sarah? everybody to eat turkey on thursdays i don't know about <laughs> sarah right like, it could be a, yeah a little oppressive yeah because now it's like it's obvious it's thanksgiving of course we're doing this but at the time it's just like what we can't have a holiday we already have christmas <laughs> you know i don't know what's Halloween a thing yet but you know it's like introducing a new holiday is just like a lot of mm. work for one woman mm. one widowed woman come on it's pretty impressive that she was yeah. able to push it over the uh, line and get it to be the, what it is today it's a huge huge holiday and right in the right. middle of the week too mm-hmm. yes. which, is not, which is not easy why Usually... a Thursday that's a great she, question Yeah, maybe she wanted a day off from work and someone else to cook oh you know <laughs> Like, I, she really can I, have it but all. she's adding more work to her her week not i mean i'm a, a assuming if she's she hosting saturdays and yes. sundays off yeah if she's hosting she's she's busy right but if you get mm-hmm. invited to somebody else's you're golden that's it. Oh. You just show up you're good you're a gracious guest you eat yeah. maybe help clean up a little bit but you're not doing all that work but if she's I'm, like the martha stewart of the time yeah. like you don't you are, are expected to get an, in, an invite from martha stewart you're not inviting sure. martha stewart to your house for thanksgiving yeah. well if you're martha stewart someone's cooking for you she's just there <laughs> carving being like and this is how my team did it but taking all the credit right yeah i'm also like even for one day off of work and the potential to maybe have somebody cook for you. That's a lot. Oh, she did a lot of legwork to get to maybe the potential that Thanksgiving will be a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like writing and putting stuff out and being like, Oh, the, it's for the war. Let's all get together. And maybe mm-hmm. I'll have a Friday off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are bigger reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that was her only one. I'm baffled though now, now that I think about it. Why Thursday? So it started. Yeah. I'm doing a little bit of okay, cursory great. research here. It started at Washington in 1789. Uh, picked Thursday, November 26, as the public Thanksgiving. But then it b- bounced around until Lincoln declared in 1863 that uh, the last Thursday in November was the norm. Okay. Uh, but why did Washington pick a Thursday? I'm trying to see here. It's not giving me anything good. Huh. It is. That's very strange. Mm-hmm. I mean, the work week wasn't what it was to them as it was to us, I don't think. Right? Like <laughs> Monday. You know what I mean? Like That's they didn't have point. They didn't yeah. have hump day on Wednesday. You know what I mean? It wasn't like. Maybe well, it they was. definitely didn't have Black Friday. No, they definitely did not yeah. have Friday sales. Like, well, we have to have it on Thursday. Everyone's going to go shopping. That's true. <laughs> um, Black Friday would be a good, by the way. Who's to blame for Black yeah. Friday? Mm. Yeah. We'll have to do that next yeah. year. Capitalism. I think we know the answer we'll to put- that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Alexandra Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that Black Friday number they have in the musical. 
I, I would yes and you forever because I was like, I haven't seen it. I, I'm like so groundbreaking. I'm like, I love Lynn Manuel Miranda. I'm like, me too. So good. We're there. Yeah. Um, so is there anything else we want to throw up on this board uh, to thank for, you know, this nice holiday we get to share with our friends and family? Well, should we put George Washington because he was the first president to declare that it was uh, to happen mm. on on the Thursday? Where, I I wonder. Um, sure, Just let's put him put up George there. Washington. Put up there. But I, I, if anything, I feel like it's Sarah who really pushed it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to make a quick case for um, the first Native Americans. Even though it wasn't a Thanksgiving, they gave the settlers these mm-hmm. things to be like, "You're our friends. You're not their friends." Um, so it's like their um, pettiness. <laughs> um, I'm thankful for. Yep. Yep. <laughs> even oh, though funny. it wasn't a, it wasn't the true Thanksgiving, I like that they were. Um, they were like, oh, yeah, here, have some of our corn and stuff and, and don't talk to those people. You're our friends now. Oh, right. The, uh, yeah. So we could put the Wampanoags tribe yeah. up on the board. Okay. Um, okay, I love that. Is there anything else? Part of me just wants to put like tra- tradition, like the fact that we're still doing it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like some of these things, uh, there's probably like very terrible capitalistic reasons why we're still doing it I'm too. I'm sure. Because- um, but it well, is something it's that a I many, feel like it's, it almost makes a billion dollars. Oh big, yeah. Big, a year. Big Turkey. The tur- big turkey <laughs> I was going to say consumerism. And then I was like, are we yes. thankful for consumerism? Probably not. <laughs> no, I mean, we I can put like, it up on the board and then cross it off because we don't want to be thankful well, for yeah, it. Yeah. I think we should confront that, <laughs> that, that sort of innate sort of hypocrisy of what we're talking right. about. Right. Okay. Yes. We are, stu- we are celebrating, Thanksgiving, but let's also acknowledge that this is a huge industry and yeah. there are mm-hmm. a lot of interests in keeping it going, you know? Yeah. Right. So capitalism. I mean, it's almost like pushing a false narrative too, then. Like Americans mm-hmm. wanting oh, to push a yes. false narrative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not going to think that. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I think I was trying to, uh, on the more positive side, like, lean into our as humans capacity to like recognize and honor tradition. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we keep honoring this holiday because it does bring family together. And I think of it as like a real, um, it's like a time stamp. It's like, you can always remember what you were doing. So many Thanksgivings. It's true. That is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thanksgiving is, is one of those holidays that, you know, I find to be at its core, like those traditions, like you're saying, Clayton, to be actually very um, uh, energizing and like positive. And I take a, a lot out from it. Like sometimes Christmas, I know people get a lot out of Christmas, but Christmas to me seems, uh, uh, or at least has felt like this way to me in my experience, which is just you exchange the gifts and then there's just sort of this deflated feeling of like. <laughs> <laughs> okay now we all it's have like, what'd you get shit, yeah you know yeah. what i mean like do we really need this shit yeah whereas like thanksgiving the yeah. opposite it's like you have stuff to be thankful for mm-hmm. and that's just like a perspective that i feel like is a good perspective to practice yes but if yeah. you think about it you're still consuming right oh, yeah. you're consuming no, massive of amounts of food. no yeah. i know but <laughs> we, americans can all get behind consuuming Mm-hmm. Whether it's food, uh, I think we should just put food on need. the board. Oh, okay. 
Good food, good eats. Good food. Good eats. We love a good meal. We love a good meal. Okay, so let's take a quick break and start knocking things off the board. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Alarmist. Who's to thank for the modern American Thanksgiving menu? So keep in mind, we're talking about the menu here. 
<laughs> Mexico and South America, Alexander Hamilton, <laughs> Sarah Josepha Hale, Angelus Marshmallows, <laughs> the Civil War, George Washington, <laughs> the Wampanoag tribe, capitalism, pushing a false narrative, traditional values, or good food. <laughs> good food okay it's, i feel the yeah, name angela's marshmallow is so funny to me i, can't <laughs> it is. I cannot believe it sounds, like, it sounds like a rapper's name or like a you know like it's a singer. <laughs> yes i was gonna say a character for harry potter <laughs> yes oh, oh there you go yes both <laughs> truth man i feel like i'm i, I don't feel like i want to thank the civil war <laughs> yeah for this thanksgiving yeah. menu okay. you know enough. what i mean fair enough yeah because also it ties back right back into sarah who yeah. right. right? She right. she did a lot of stuff with the to get people to forget about the war. Yeah, yeah. And also, before we keep going, uh, we were talking before the podcast about what is the equivalent of the big slap in this thanks mm-hmm. in this thanks thanking context. Right. So the big slap, we got to think about it. Like, is it is it uh, a nice like you know when you slap someone on the cheek, but it's like a little pat pat. You know, like a. <laughs> I, I mean, like I don't. A condescend- you're talking about like a condescending, <laughs> yes. like. Uh, I, I, I should rephrase that because I don't. I don't do that. I don't. Or do someone that. swats your hand away from your. They're like, get your hand off yeah. my face, like that kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've seen it in movies, maybe British movies, where they're like, you know, pat pat. Yeah. Mm. Um, but like chin up. Yeah. Chin, chin, chin up. up. Yeah, maybe that's not good. But also, wait, where are we putting the winner? Like, do they get a tour of the jail? Or... <laughs> no. Are they the warden of the jail? Yeah, like, what? Yeah. how does that, what is that? What are we going to do there? I Maybe think... they get to host, host. Thanksgiving mm. dinner for all of the inmates. That's a good idea. everyone gets Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Yes, yes. Every American has to have turkey. I really like that's that idea. So, that's true. I really like that idea. So how do we put that? It's just like, okay, who go? Who's going? Who's going to serve at Thanksgiving? Host, host Thanksgiving. Hosting? Who's yeah. Hosting? At the who's hosting? Who's hosting? So we can call them the big. We can call it the big. Oh, no, the big host is what I was going to say. <laughs> <The> big, <laughs> is it the big thank? Is it the big the thank big you? Thank. And the, the big thank. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that sounds incomplete. Oh, I got it. A big thank you and a little thanks. Okay. Mm-hmm. I. I, I mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I like what you said earlier, Chris, a slap, like a slap on the back, yeah. a pat on the back. Job well done. Yeah, a big pat back. on the back. Big, I like that. Okay. So okay. who's the host and who's the big Instead of a the slap on the face. face. <laughs> <laughs> you guys didn't like the pat pat? All right. I liked it. I don't know if you have been doing that. I liked it, but I don't know if anybody on this list would like it. I don't think so. Again, we're... We're not discussing Thanksgiving in general. It's the menu that we're thinking, Mm -hmm. right? And the fact that there is this meal that's assigned to it. Mm -hmm. So I think that we can take um, capitalism and false uh, pushing a false. I mean, actually, keep capitalism on, but we can take pushing a false narrative off. Mm -hmm. I think then in that case, you take off uh, like George Washington and Alexander Hamilton because they may have. you know, set the date, you know, like formalized it, but they weren't really talking about, well, Except Hamilton for the... was talking about birds, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's take George Washington yeah, off. Yeah, he can get off. I, I would say we keep the uh, Mexico and South America for their sure. mm-hmm. cultivating mm-hmm. Um, the food that we drink, we eat. Yes. I think we got to, 
I mean, like traditional values and good food <laughs> we can while they're good off. things. <laughs> yeah. Don't really seem like the root, you know, the root of the menu. Right. You know? They're the result of the menu. Um, and I, I think that we can also take the, the Wampanoag tribe off yeah. because okay. it doesn't look like they at the, you know, it's not the traditional American. Right. Menu. Yeah. Right, right. The menu shifted over time. We're talking about modern Thanksgiving menu. Right. That was more of like the first situation. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the marshmallows only. I mean, it is only one dish. We mm-hmm. can't thank them for the entire yeah. table. Yeah. I thank them for that dish. Uh-huh. Then in that same breath, is it like, so we take off Mr. Marshmallow and Alexander Hamilton because he only did one part of it, even though it is Ooh. the most important part. That's a good point. That's a good point. I think we do. I think yeah, we do. I think so. So we are left with capitalism, Sarah Joseph Hale, <laughs> Josepha Hale, and Mexico and South America. I mean, you laugh, but you could make a real case for capitalism here. Is capitalism oh, going to host? I always can. <laughs> no, no, but what I'm, say, what, what I'm saying is you, you, can, you can thank capitalism for creating a you know, free marketplace in order for all these foods to be developed and invented and, <laughs> and promoted. But, but, but it, I mean, you can make that argument. Yeah. Is capitalism already in the alarmist jail for something? Yes. That we have to yeah. let them oh, yes. out and then be like, quick cook and now thanks and then also yeah. get back to jail. <laughs> Yeah, we, we we would send somebody else to do the shopping, so they would have to stay. Yeah, but they'd cook they'd it have to stay inside there. the kitchen. Yeah, but we'd have yeah. to set them up in the cafeteria. Well, it's, it's, it's perfect. They're already at the jail. It's true. <laughs> it's true. They'd they save us some money, what, which we yeah, <laughs> familiar um, with the inmates, the thing, though, too. They would know mm-hmm. what they like. Sarah Jessica Josepha Hale, was she, what was inspiring her? Like, is it, is, is it the capitalism? Was she mm. thinking that way? We did hint that maybe she was like trying to make a buck by sell some magazine mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, that so is a cynical. Um, it's cynical. Or do you think know. she really was af- about the unity? I would like to th- think that it's more about the let's try and find some unity in this divided yeah. country post-Civil War. Hard. But I mean, hard to know. We would have to get an expert here to really kind of decide on that. What do we think? Here's where my mind's at and tell me what you think. I think we thank Mexico and South America, right? For doing all the work so that once we got here, we had food, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Some kind of sure. crops that yep. you know, had already been established. And we, we give the, uh, the, pat on the, the big pat on the back to Sarah Josepha Hale for kind of like spearheading, whether it was for a capitalist reason or if it was for a good natured reason, she really did spearhead yeah, not only the menu, it. but the, the holiday. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I mean, I would agree with that, with the exception that when you're talking about, like I'm just reading through this excerpt like that you guys put together about Mexico and South America. And when you're talking about turkeys being domesticated 2,000 years ago or corn coming up 8,000 years ago, you're, what you're talking about are Native Americans from North and South America because Mexico doesn't exist. The, the, and the, and mm-hmm. the crops, yeah, like it, they didn't grow themselves. So, South America <laughs> is, yeah, you're t- what, you are, what you're talking about are the Native peoples of this landmass land north yeah. and south america <laughs> the two continents so maybe call it south mexico south central uh the the 
North, South, and North, Central, people and of Mexico and South America. Yeah, the America. Mm-hmm. We could just say the Americas of the Americas. The indigenous indigenous people, of the Americas. people of the Americas. I think is what we're talking about. Yeah, and that includes the Wampanoag, which is now they're right nice. back in there. Ooh, yeah. I love that. Okay, we feel good about this, right? Yes. Okay, I'm going to call it. Let's see how this goes. Sarah Josepha Hale, you're getting the big pat on the back. The indigenous people of the Americas, you're hosting Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Again. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. Oh, oh we just gave Wait, them what? more work. You literally, <laughs> yeah. I feel bad. Are they the big host or are they the big thank? What is that? They have to, we have to change it. It's the guest. They're the guest of honor. Okay. I okay. love that. Okay. okay. The okay. other prisoners are, have to come. Yes, that's good. That's, <laughs> okay, good. that's good. That's good. Look, you guys, this is a work in progress. Okay. All right. I'll say it again. <laughs> the indigenous people of the Americas. Uh, good news. You're the guest of honor at this year's Thanksgiving. And thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. So there you have it. We figured out who's to thank. Who's to thank this year, right? So if you're, you know, if you're going around the table and you're with family this year and someone is giving you the prompt around the table like let's say what we're thankful for, here's an option. Here's an option. You can be thankful for the alarm, alarmist podcast <laughs> and and the indigenous people of the Americas, as yeah. well as Sarah Joseph Hale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Deanna, I mean, thank you for hanging out with us today. We couldn't have thanked as well as we did without you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Visit our website and let us know who you think is to blame at www.thealarmistpodcast.com. And follow us on Instagram at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter at Alarmist The. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with fact-checking by Chris Smith and editing by Maria Blasucci. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Alex Paul. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith and the Erios Network. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the Enron scandal. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 